podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And folks, as it is the international break, it remains a quiet time for the club. However, Virgil did score for the Netherlands last night, which is always good to see. Get the captain of the Netherlands boosting his confidence, getting the win, getting the goal. He'll come back a happy man, which is always good. Curtis Jones, who had been ruled out of the first England under-21 game as a precaution, came on last night in the second game and got a great assist. Uh, Picked the ball up on the edge of his own box, drove forward with it, carried it into the opposition half and slipped through a great ball for Emile Smith-Rowe of Arsenal to run on and score. Obviously, some more games tonight. England are playing. You would expect that Jordan Henderson will play for England tonight. Uh, I think Scotland are playing as well, so Robbo will play, and there's obviously a few other games as well to come. So, minutes in the legs. The Henderson one, obviously, is a little bit of a concern just with his current form, whether or not he's whether or not he'd be better served by being at home at Anfield or at, at Melwood, rather, or not even at Melwood, at the AXA training, training centre, um, just recovering, recuperating, and building up his fitness there probably would be more beneficial to him than Benoffa, the PE teacher of an England manager. Um, but the international break is moving towards its conclusion, thankfully enough. We do have another one to come in November, which, you know, it is what it is. A um, couple of bits of news that are going around. Obviously, Ginny Wijnaldum, if everybody has seen it, I assume by now, gave an interview uh, where he said that his role at Paris Saint-Germain is not what he wanted, it's not what he hoped for. And Liverpool fans have taken some glee in this, which is just a bizarre thing. This is a guy who, for five years, gave us absolutely everything. Was fundamentally key to everything good that happened to Liverpool between 2016 and 2021. After Fabinho... He's the second most important midfielder of the Klopp era. He's the most played midfielder of the Klopp era. Now, that could have been Emre Chan, but Emre obviously left. Emre and Ginny were Klopp's two go-tos in midfield. Emre left and more of the burden went on Ginny. And seeing Liverpool fans take glee in the fact that his move hasn't gone all that well for him so far is just really weird. He played out his contract. He fulfilled his obligation to the club. And you have to remember that when Liverpool were winning a Champions League and a Premier League, he was pretty much ever-present. Jürgen would use him in all manner of ways. He played a Champions League semi-final as a false nine. He played a Champions League quarter-final filling in as a number six. He filled that left-sided role in the midfield to absolute perfection. And those that criticise him and say, oh, well, he was, you know, a non-event, didn't have enough touches, whatever nonsense you want to talk about, are missing the purpose of that role that Ginny was asked to play. That was largely a defensive role. On the ball, his role was mainly just to get possession and recycle it. Or he would be the ultimate out-ball for us, where... If we were under a bit of pressure, we could give it to him. He'd stick his arse into two defenders, hold them off, allow us to regain our shape, let that pressure go, 
and then he'd find someone with the ball. That was his role. Defensively, he'd block passing lanes, he'd fill position, he'd track runners, he'd sit in next to Fabinho. The nuance of the Ginny role was lost, it seems, on most people. And Liverpool have struggled without him. And I've seen people say, oh, there's not been one minute this season that we've missed him. You're talking out of your backside. Chelsea at home, we missed him. Even though we dominated that game, Chelsea still looked the more dangerous team when they attacked. Now, it didn't happen often, but when they did attack, they tended to attack down their right, our left. And Ginny would have been there to solve that. Against Manchester City, when we were getting played off the pitch in the first half, Ginny Wijnaldum would have made a massive difference. Against Brentford, when they played quick transition through our midfield, Ginny Wijnaldum would have made a huge difference. So, to say he hasn't been missed is simply untrue. It reminds me of the people that came out and said, oh, I'd forgotten Emre Chan existed. Well, you clearly hadn't if you're still talking about him. And considering he was ever-present under Klopp when fit, Klopp clearly rated him quite highly. More so than players, people like to bleat on about the manager rating. When you look at the games played, it's much lower than people think. Ginny was massive to this club for five years and should be respected for that. Ginny did tremendous things and he turned up in big games. Just look back at our big games under Jurgen Klopp between 2016 and 2020. And one constant factor is the performance of one Ginny Wijnaldum. Yes, there were games where maybe he wasn't needed. But because your perception was he didn't play well, doesn't mean he wasn't fulfilling the role he was asked to do. And when Ginny played as the right side at eight in games with Fabinho and Naby Keita, he showed a lot of what he could do in an attacking sense. So you can revel in the fact that a guy who gave us absolutely everything to the point that in the second half of last season, he was completely worn out. And had the worst spell of his, and his only really bad spell at the club. People who say he was bad for two or three years are talking absolute rubbish. He had a bad last few months because he was absolutely worn out. But in the last 10 games, he was excellent. In midfield, with Fabinho and Thiago, he was absolutely excellent. So, I miss Ginny Wijnaldum. I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he goes on to have great success at Paris Saint-Germain. He's a wonderful player and an even better human being. So the best of luck to him. Uh, jumping around the different websites. So Liverpool.com, you know, they aggregate some of the rumours about the club for reasons unknown, probably just to bring traffic to the site. Uh, Liverpool are weighing up the opportunity to sign Marco Asensio as reports emerge that he is unhappy at Real Madrid. Liverpool have had interest in him in the past, but since tearing his ACL, he hasn't been the same player. I would doubt whether that interest is still there. Uh, Liverpool are considering a move for Dusan Vlahovic, who had previously insisted he can compete with star striker Erling Haaland. There were rumours that we were interested this past summer. 
The issue is his price went from 35 million, which seemed to be the asking price in June, to 70 million, which was the asking price in August. At 70 million, we're not going to be interested in that player. At 35, I think we absolutely would have been. But there's no real way to justify paying 70 million for him. And that figure is only going to go up if he continues to perform. Now, the issue for Fiorentina is that come next summer, he'll only have 12 months left on his contract. So maybe there's a middle ground to be found, maybe around 50 million. But Manchester City, Atletico Madrid and others have all been credited with interest as well. So we wait and see on that one. Uh, Liverpool retain interest in Torino's defender, Gleason Bremer. He's awful, so hopefully not. Liverpool chasing transfer for Polish wonder kid. This is Kasper Kozlowski, the young Polish midfielder who's been compared to everybody from Kevin De Bruyne to Phil Coutinho to Jude Bellingham. Uh, this one's been going around for a little while. Now, he made some comments the other day, which I think people misconstrued. He said that he was asked about the rumours linking him with Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp and things like that. And he basically said, big names don't impress me. People took that as him dismissing the links to Klopp. I think what he was trying to get across was that he didn't let the speculation affect his performances, that he was keeping himself grounded and focusing on playing for his current club. He looks immensely talented. At 17, he will turn 18 this month. He already has five full caps for Poland. Now, there's been a couple of Polish midfielders who've come along in recent years and, and not developed the way you would have expected them to develop. Um, if you look at the, the current Polish national team, the standout midfielder is Zielinski, who we were linked with heavily in the past. Super talented player, one that... I do think we missed out on. I think he's one that would have improved us and would still improve us with what he can offer. But Sebastian Zamanski at 17, 18 was massively rated. As highly rated, I would say, as uh, Kozlowski is now. But his career hasn't gone as expected. He's currently playing for Dinamo Moscow and he is a good player. He's just not the the star name that I think people expected him to become. We've seen the likes of Jacob Mulder do okay so far for Brighton, but he hasn't become the star name that people thought he was going to be at this point. He's already 22. Now, he still has a lot of time on his hands, obviously. There's no issue there. But you would have hoped that he would have established himself as first choice in that uh, Brighton team already, considering it's not as if Brighton are full of excellent midfielders. They've got a couple of really good ones, one of whom may not be able to play for a while, and then a lot of bad ones, and yet he's still not first choice. And I suppose... Kaputska, Bartosz Kaputska is, is, is the main one to look at here. When he was at Krakowia and playing at Euro 2016, he looked an absolute star in the making. 
A move to Leicester didn't work out. He's now back in Poland playing for Legia Warsaw. Not exactly tearing up the Polish league. He's 24. He hasn't been capped since 2016. His career has gone the wrong way. So you do sometimes see this with players that come through in second-tier leagues, third-tier leagues, do really well, get into the national team, look the absolute business. They move to a league like the Premier League and it just doesn't it doesn't work for them. They don't kick on the way you would hope. On Liverpool.com, there is the Media Digest piece, which puts together the different rumours that are going around uh, and different reports. Obviously, there's a, a bit there on Curtis and his assist. Um, Rian Brewster was sent off in that game, I should have mentioned not Liverpool anymore, obviously, but does have Liverpool links. Um, poor old Ryan Brewster, his career really not going in the right direction since his move to Sheffield United. He's in the championship now, obviously, and he's not first choice. He is coming off the bench in the championship. He has one goal in 38 appearances for Sheffield United. There's no doubting his talent. He's an outstanding young goal scorer. Sheffield United just haven't figured out how to use him yet. I think until they do, Ryan Brewster may go the way of some of these Polish players I've mentioned. According to Marca, Real Madrid have made Aurelien Chumeni a key target alongside Kylian Mbappe. Now, Chumeni has been linked with Liverpool uh, along with Chelsea, Juventus and others. He's immensely gifted. He'd be a great Ginny Wijnaldum replacement who long-term could be your Fabinho replacement. Uh, there's a bit here on Diogo Jota, who is struggling to train at the moment and is a doubt to face Luxembourg. The manager has basically said he's not going to play and he'll head back to Liverpool instead. So there is that. Um, and then Liverpool are being linked, of course, with Usman Dembele. I don't know there's anything in that. I think that's one where it it's all speculation that people are trying to reignite. Uh, Jurgen Klopp can sign ideal Liverpool attacker for £22 million as transfer interest in Wonderkid Bills. Charles de Catalaire. I don't know anything about Charles de Catalaire, I have to say. Um, so to call him a, the ideal Liverpool forward, I'm not sure how true that is. He is six foot four, 20 years of age. Scored six goals in 46 games last season. Has four and 13 this season. Got his first international goal the other night. He's got two caps for Belgium. Um, I don't know that he would be the ideal Liverpool forward, but, you know, maybe one to keep an eye on. Liverpool have been proven right about 22.9 million target, who could be the next Roberto Firmino. This is a piece about Jonathan David, who is playing really, really well this season. Obviously, came out of Belgium, had been linked to us, decided to go to Lille, struggled in his first season. Did get 13 goals, but across 48 games, it was a little bit disappointing considering how much they paid from and how much promise he has. He's got nine and six, sorry, six and nine in the uh, French League so far. He's very, very talented, but he has said that he doesn't really like Liverpool in the past. So um, 
Whether or not we'd be interested in him, I don't know. Liverpool can repeat Andy Robertson's success with free transfer move for talented attacking gem. Uh, Todd Cantwell is the player this piece focuses on. I, I have to say I do like Todd Cantwell. I think he's a very, very good player. Um, he's not on a free next season, though. His contract does expire in 2022, but Norwich have the option to extend that contract for 12 months. So they're going to do that. They're not going to let him leave on a free. But I would imagine that they'll extend his contract and then sell him. I do really like Todd Cantwell, and I think he'd be a good fit at Liverpool. But he's quite a similar player to Curtis Jones. So is there a need for him? Not really. Now, you could argue that Curtis prefers to play on the left side of the midfield so he can cut inside. Cantwell does as well, but I do think Cantwell in the Liverpool midfield would be better suited to playing the right-hand sided role, and maybe you'd have him and Harvey Elliott for that role. Obviously, he can also play as a left-sided forward. He's not a huge goal scorer, but he will get you goals. In the right circumstance, Todd Cantwell will get you goals. I think he's going to have ambitions to go somewhere where he'll be first choice, so I don't foresee him being a player that would move to Liverpool, but he is a good player. He is a player I like. Um, and it's good to see some creative writing on uh, on Liverpool.com talking about a player that hasn't necessarily been linked. Not recently, anyway. On This Is Anfield, uh, there's a piece about how Liverpool could be without six players against Watford after the latest Diogo Jota update. Obviously, Harvey Elliott, Alisson and Fabinho, they're all out. It looks like they will travel directly to Spain from Brazil to avoid the 10-day quarantine, so they will be able to play against Atletico Madrid. So that's good. We also don't know the situation surrounding Trent or Thiago, whether or not they're going to be fit. So fingers crossed on both. And then obviously, Curtis came back and played for England, so it looks like he should be fine. But Diogo is, um, is a doubt, so he'd be number six. We'll just have to wait and see. We will just have to wait and see. The midfield against Watford could well be Jordan Henderson as the six, maybe Ox as an eight and Naby as an eight, or Curtis as an eight and Naby as an eight. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. It looks like Kelleher obviously will start in goal. James Milner potentially at right back. None of this is ideal, but... It's Watford. We we should have enough to beat Watford. New manager bounce, fair enough, but it's Claudio Ranieri. He's not exactly a good manager. Uh, there's an interesting piece on the Red Nets and why Jurgen Klopp got rid of them, written by Chris McLaughlin. Uh, well worth your while giving that one a read. It's I have to say, it's it's the one thing I don't like that Klopp has done. I I love the Red Nets. I, I thought it was one of the best things Brendan Rodgers. The two best things Brendan Rodgers did were bringing back the Red Nets and finding the old This Is Anfield sign. That's about it. Uh, There's also a piece here about how Liam Miller has started really well since leaving the club. Two goals and four assists already this season. Uh, And credit to him. I I really hope he does well. Uh, We got £1.3 for him after a five-year spell at the club. Best of luck to him. I I really do hope he goes on to have a good career. He seems like a really, really good lad. 
Uh, finally, on AnfieldIndex.com, Stephen Smith has a piece up about Newcastle and the potential effects of a Newcastle takeover for Liverpool and the league in general. It's an interesting thing to look at because, obviously, it's another mega-rich club. If United ever got themselves in order with a real manager, a real director of football, a real front office, they would be... They don't have the wealth from the owners, but they make so much money themselves that they would be just nailed on top four every single year, nailed on title challenge every year. For United, every season United do not challenge for the title has to be seen as a massive failure considering how much money they have and how much money they can continue to waste on mediocre players. Um, you add them to City, to Chelsea, who, you know, again, with, with all the money they spend, should be top four every year. It'll take Newcastle time, three, four years. But when you get there, it's going to make top four very, very difficult for anybody else other than those four clubs. The flip side of that is, in the short term, while they're still figuring out what to do, and while they're really excited that they've got loads of money, maybe it's the time to start trying to shift some players their way. You need a striker, Divock Origi. Champions League winning Divock Origi. Scored a goal in the Champions League final. You can't put a price on that. Nat Phillips. You need a centre-back? Have a Nat Phillips. 20 million and he's yours. Are you looking for a powerful box-to-box midfielder? Can I interest you in one? Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. You only have four goalkeepers? Make it five. Here's Adrian. 7 million and he's yours. Maybe if Michael Edwards... If Eddie Howe rocks up to Newcastle... Michael Edwards will be making phone calls. Let me assure you of that. Uh, that is basically it for today. We are going to be recording the new Scouted Pod today for Watford. So that will be out today. Um, the Boffins at Under Pressure will be recording either tonight or tomorrow. So the podcast will be out either tonight or tomorrow. They're not sure. So how can I be sure? But keep an eye out for that one. And that's it. Thanks for listening. I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.